0: You are listening to the In Her Eyes Podcast. I am your host, Lindney House. Episode 32. Hello, hello, my lovely friend, and welcome to the In Her Eyes Podcast. I am your host, Lindney House, interior designer, artist, mama, scientist, color specialist, and space coach. Here to help you navigate the beautiful messiness of raising strong, thriving daughters. While you discover the path to a home that inspires you, you will learn to design gorgeous peaceful spaces inside and out that you can be proud of and love coming home to. Each week, we will explore how individuality and practicality create the harmony our souls crave. Let's dive in, my dear, to all of our beautiful Hello, my friends and welcome, we are about to journey into five new colors, what they mean and how they make us feel, how they make us feel better and how they make us feel worse and how you can use them strategically to manage both your emotional and physical well being. If you don't know what I'm talking about, and you're joining me after, um, not listening to last week, we are in part two of this three-part series about using color in your home to heal. And I'm going to talk about some different ways to use it that aren't specific to interior design, but how you can introduce them into your life as a whole to create that emotional and physical well-being that you're looking for. So last week, we talked about black, blue, brown, including wood tones, gold, and green. And the reason we started with those is because those form a palette of neutrals. And again, we're not talking about wall color we're talking about color and how to introduce it into your home yes sometimes we can use these colors as wall color but a lot of times we're thinking of more creating an overall color palette and that's what i want you to think about i want to think about the ways that we can weave these individual colors into the spaces that would have the most effect So today we're going to start off with gray and gray has been the primary most popular wall color. And we found it creeping into a lot of accessories and also those foundational pieces in a room over the last decade. Luckily gray is on its way out for the most part, um, at least in the design world. And a couple of the things that we're going to talk about today, I think you can start to see one of the reasons why and one of the reasons why for a lot of us being in our homes so much during the pandemic had an effect uh, was because we were surrounded by a lot of gray now in the world of diagnosis and healing if we're looking at gray from that standpoint, gray is the place where we tend to find issues. And if you project that into a space that you're in, that's, that's, you know, surrounded that has a lot of gray in it, you're gonna find yourself nitpicking, you know, different things that are wrong with a space. It also helps you just from that very neutral mindset. um, It helps you understand other people's point of view. Um, So often, gray is, it's one of the reasons why I think we gravitated towards gray for that period of time, because it did seem like something that would bring things together, but quickly people started to understand that the decorating with gray wasn't as easy as it looked on Instagram, because there's so many different variations in so many different ways that depending on the surface that you're working on, it reflects light differently. And they could things that looked like they were going to be similar often had this tendency to clash. And if you go back to the work within your emotional system and your physiological system that uh, I'm referencing in this series, the work of Venus Seagull, you'll start to understand that that's one of the reasons that gray is such a great diagnostic color is because even though it's sort of this baseline of, I want to say nothingness, um, but it, it really is a place where you can start to investigate. And so a little bit of gray in a place can be calming and bringing things together, but too much can really have that effect of, Um, and, and emotionally it can make you feel listless. It can make you feel drained. Um, it can make you feel emotionally empty. So that was what I referenced as I started about how this particular color palette can have that, um, that it can be sensationalized in your body to create that, um, feeling that a lot of us experienced during the pandemic and being, you know, just surrounded by so much of a single singular color. Now, if you just painted all your walls gray and you think, Oh my gosh, now I have to start over. Please listen on. This is, there's is no reason that you need to start from scratch because it still can serve as a backdrop. If you bring in the right elements to create warmth, and that natural glow and that natural softness. So that's why we're gonna be talking about some really fun colors today and some colors that have some power, that colors that have a strong effect on you. And I am gonna touch on these colors a little bit more as we talk, you know, in the the chakra system, and how they activate different um, emotional and physiological responses, because these are some great, great fun colors. And they're also on trend in the interior design world. So the very first color that we're going to talk about um, in these bright, more magnificent colors is indigo. And if you are an artist instantly that deeply saturated blue with a tiny touch of purple comes to mind and you can almost just feel it um, because it's it does have this um, that depth you know almost that transcendent depth that you would find in a black but it's filled with color. It's just so rich. The color indigo is going to be related to the body's sixth chakra, which would mean your connection with your, your body's connection with the ethereal, you know, with what's outside of you, what's um, the messages you're getting from, from outside of you, whether you're calling it intuition or whether you're calling it spirit or whatever, whatever you feel is your guidance system. And whether those are the same or different is definitely a conversation for another day, but just understanding that that relationship that is um, triggering, you know, how you feel about where you are Indigo is a great way to affect those th- those things. And if you look at how the color indigo f- affects us physiologically, um, it really helps with issues that have to do with anything in and around your head, your eyes, your ears, um, your head itself, your nose. Um, indigo does stimulate your intuition and it helps you to begin to trust what you feel like you must know, you know, without looking for outside influence. Um, Indigo is also a, helps you trust in the process of manifestation. You know, that, that core principle that what you believe is what controls how things show up in your life Um, it can also start to awaken anything that you've suppressed emotionally um, any fears that you've buried and not felt like you have adequately dealt with so indigo can help you um, move down into that root of of whatever that problem is Um, so this is really good to address if there's patterns that you see coming up over and over and over um, it's really good to have indigo in a place that is a focal point for where you live. So a lot of times when I've been working with a client, we will bring in a really strong piece of artwork that has that um, just that saturated indigo in it. So it it gives you that place to, you know, as your mind kind of drifts off, have a purpose of a purposeful, drift to it. So a place to focus as you're starting to journey. It's also great for a meditation space, um, just to get deeper into that emotional, um, the emotional connections uh, that might have been sort of sealed off as you want to sit in them and start to understand them. Indigo is great for stress relief um, and it really does bring a sense of clarity and direction, which is one of the reasons why I said, you know, we do a piece of art as more of a focal place. Um, So instead of a deeply saturated room, which can certainly have benefits um, depending on how you want to use it or deeply saturated, just a singular wall in a place, um, just having that, in one place contrasted with a lot of other neutrals can, can bring on that effect of release and letting go and and expanding into that trust of yourself in terms of physiology. Indigo can help with a lot of those, um, eye problems like cataracts. A lot of times our parents, as they age, they have a tendency to start to have their spaces get busier and less focused, Um, but helping them bring those focal points is something that will actually, you know, help their, help their body from um, sort of reorganizing itself is the best way that I can. Put it so. Hearing difficulties, lung and throat problems, um, nosebleeds, sinusitis—anything that you can think of that would come from that facial region—indigo um, really has a sense of helping with that. Also helps with inflammation. Something that, uh, thanks to our preservative full American diet, we uh, all you know, suffer with on some level, and it's pretty much impossible to keep those all out. Um, so what can too much indigo do? Well, too much indigo can certainly make you feel ungrounded for that, um, that ethereal process. So you wouldn't want, um, so maybe an indigo wall in a bathroom um, could have, you know, next to a tub could have a really wonderful effect on, you know, if it's a place you go to relax, but you wouldn't want to do the entire bathroom in that because the place that you go to in the morning to get started, you wouldn't want to have that, you know, that deep saturated color where you feel like you can't connect with what you need to do that day. Um, It can make you feel overstimulated, overwhelmed, and even unrealistic. Um, So again, um, one of the, you know, again, if you tuned until the last episode, you know that a lot of this work that I've been doing on color has come from that place of our girls, our children wanting these strong, deep colors in their room that don't necessarily always support their emotional well being. And the work that and, you know, intuitively, as mothers, we kind of feel that but we don't know how to, you know, we want to give them their independence, we want to give them their ability to create and self-expression. So kind of this, you know, scale of understanding what it is they really need and understanding what they are really looking to create without oversip, you know, stimulating their developing nervous system. And but having that ability to really support them and pull together a space is what started me on this path of doing this work. Um, so a lot of times we, you know, especially as our girls hit that, um, you know, that time where they're coming out of that period where they're more connected with their self. So once they hit, you know, seven, eight, nine, and start to try and understand themselves in the world around them, um, it's a place where we start to see how these colors can play that role and we carry it with us into adulthood and we re-experience these these things. So all of those emotions that we suppressed that, you know, moving um, through life and experiencing life, we have that ability to tap back in just by experiencing them through color. So the next color I want to talk about is magenta. So a strong, strong pink. And I, so often would even when we say the word pink, we think of it in a really feminine way. Um, but magenta offers itself up as this sort of divine, but powerful color., um, Magenta is similar to indigo, just in that deeply saturated, sense that it connects you to your deepest inner knowing but your deepest inner knowing more from your heart space than your mind space or that more ethereal connection between your mind and and whatever goes beyond magenta is more of that connection to um truth and clarity and faith. And it has a tendency to awaken an enthusiasm for life and inspiring you to make those connections. So where indigo is that place where you're already on the journey and you're feeling it, versus magenta is having the power and the strength to move forward in the direction of your own deeply inner knowing, um, so all of those those um, representatives of of the spiritual uh, realm that you can think of your guides, your angels, you know the your god the goddesses, the saints, all of those um, magenta can bring in that. Strong connection. It's one of the reasons where I feel like our girls do tend to be drawn to these deep, deep, deep colors of pink because they do have these sense of holding on to themselves. You know, they they are in that five, six, seven year old range where they know who they are and they know some of their bigger dreams and they're still attached to them, but they haven't moved into the world of trying to be accepted and understand, you know, walking that that fine line of being themselves, but trying to show up in the way that everyone expects them to be. So magenta has that sense of, you know, here I am what I am. Um, So it's a great way to reconnect to that if you feel like that's something that you've lost. Even though it is a strong color um it does have a soothingness about it um just that soothing nature so it can bring peace to conflict um so it's a great um it's just it it brings that a little bit of a sense of whimsy to air to places and thoughts that could be otherwise heavy or kind of listless. Um, It's also a great color for enhancing organization, um, which we're going to talk about yellow next week, but um, magenta still gives you that kind of joy in having things lined up and having, and again, it falls back to that sense of knowing that knowing where things go, knowing how things work. Um, Magenta really does that. Magenta really doesn't have a place to connect within the chakra system. Too much magenta can leave you feeling stuck. Um, It can leave you reflecting on the past. So again, that very same example of why so often you know, I've had the experience where, you know, these girls wanted to paint the room bright, 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 deep pink. And it just didn't feel right to mom understanding where they're coming from. You know, not letting go of who they feel like they are and trying to step into that, you know, that knowingness of themselves. Um, but too much of that can be not just overstimulating, but help like not helping them move forward. Um, So living in the past versus moving into the present. So the next color that I want to talk about is coral. So a softer version of orange. And I want to say, just more flow and synchronicity are what stimulated by coral. And if you think of our, if you think of our chakra system more instead of like seven individual spots in your body, but more of a rainbow, just an energetic rainbow that that sort of moves through you. Um, coral is going to be that place in between your solar plexus, which is kind of in your stomach area, um, just below your ribs and your sacral area, which is your seat of creativity. So it's going to be, if you think of it in terms of moving from feeling and, and um, being inspired into that solar plexus area of action. That's the perfect definition of what coral brings to your space. It helps you with anxiety, the fear of moving forward and moves you into that flow. Um, It releases stress and worry helps you see things from a different point of view. So instead of being so self-focused and seeing things from a very, very singular viewpoint, it helps you just open yourselves up more to, um, if you think of it in terms of doing, you know, it, it opens you up to new and other ways of doing things as well as giving you the confidence that holding true to what you want, knowing that the way will come. Coral is also a color of synchronicity, um, and synchronicity is things falling in line. So again, falling, going back to that sense of flow. One of the things that I've learned as I've started to, you know, understand this healing work, um, it, there's so many parallels, which is the reason that I wanted to bring it to light in the format of creating a home that can physically heal us physically and emotionally is coral does have that ability to open up those energetic channels. And that's one of the reasons that I wanted you to picture, you know, that space of of moving from that sense of creative inspiration into that active doing that's one of the most common people the common places that people feel blocked. Um, and we've heard, you know, writer's block or artist block, all of that. Coral is a great way to introduce that. And a lot of people have this, um, again, like we talked about when we talked about green, they have an immediate rejection to, you know, anything in that orange family. And one of the reasons is that sense of fear that it's, you know, knowing or unknowing that it often can bring up and you start to adjust with it. So one of the greatest ways just just to add coral into your life, if if this is resonating with you, is just your coffee cup in the morning. You know, the first thing that you that you grab onto or teacup if you're not a coffee drinker, but um, something that you see first thing when you're starting your day or starting to move through your day. It's a great way to bring that into your space. And then your creative spaces too. A lot of times um I talk about, you know, bringing purple into your space because purple is that that sense of creativity, but too much purple starts to make you feel like you're not being productive enough. So coral is that bridge between inspiration and productivity, which would be um, flow and following where you feel you're being guided, following those intuitive nudges, following those things that um, show up in your life when you are thinking about them. Those are all the synchronistic places that if you want to invite more synchronicity in corals, a great way to do that. But if you already feel like you're good at, you know, watching for clues, um, coral is a place that moves you from that place of, okay, I see it. Now, what do I do? Moves you into that place of doing. So, um, too much coral, it can cause anxiety, it can intensify your fear and worry, or it can keep you stuck in the past. So, again, it's creating that balance between inspiration and moving forward, synchronicity and seeing where you feel, but too much, just like too much of any good thing, um, it can overwhelm your system. And like I said at the very beginning of this series, too much for one person. There's there's no, um, you know, we think of so many things as like FDA recommendations. There's no, Every each and every one of us based on our experiences and how we've been brought up have different and what we've suppressed and how the, the difficult issues that we've worked through. Every single one of us has a different response to each and every one of these colors. So too much for one person, maybe not enough for another. So you have to experiment and figure out where your perfect balance, where that is. Let's move into red or we're gonna call it ruby. A lot of times we think of red as kind of, um, seasonal, you know, we can think of red in terms of um, Valentine's Day, Christmas, you know, celebrating an individual occasion. But if you think about the excitement that you, you know, as those holidays approach, especially if you're in the Western hemisphere, you can think about um, what that starts to feel like. So physically, red represents vitality. It represents unlimited energy. Red is a great color to introduce in um, power spaces. So if you have, a, you know, an office, I know several, um, there's one podcaster and I can't think of his name right now. Um, I think his, the name of his podcast is something about like code red. <laughs> it's about, you know, taking action about moving forward. And for some people, it can be overwhelming. I know for me red can be really overwhelming. So I wanted to um and, and I'm a July birthday, so Ruby has always been my birthstone and I've never connected to it until I started to find those um those deeper pink versions of Ruby and then I realized wait a minute i'm I might actually like this I, Red is also a color of um, sensuality, courage, optimism. Um, it is a color of motivation and achievement. We talked last week about how different companies in their marketing, they play into the color psychology of things to draw you in and the message that they're trying to communicate. Red is one of those colors that we see so often. And I know as soon as I said that, you're probably envisioning the exact the, the exact same thing I am. You know, whenever you need something, whenever you ever want to do something, I know that target is the first thing I think of, and they do that for a reason. You know, they want there to be a picture of, their brand in your head when you start to think of what do I need? How can I move forward? How can I get to where I want to go? That's exactly what they want to create. Um, So Ruby is a sense of rejuvenation, bringing life back into your body into your physical space. It's a fun color to interject in in, in individual locations just to remind you of that of that that energetic desire to move forward that energetic um, excitement that you want to that you want to embrace it's good with releasing depression hopelessness stuckness and immobility so things that A lot of times, you know, that we talked about that we were experiencing with gray, ruby is going to, or red is going to get you on the other side of that. And so ruby as a tone of red, so it has a little touch of purple in it. um, Just to give you that sense of um, a playfulness and fun and connection. Red is good for helping you lose weight. So it's a good thing to incorporate into um, your wardrobe in little bits or even sometimes it's um, just putting refrigerator magnets on your refrigerator, just with reminders. Red's a good color. If that's something that you've struggled with in the past, it represents fire and growth. Um, Excitement also represents danger. So it does, it does, stimulate your sensory nervous system. Um, So of course that means that on the other side of that, it can overstimulate your sensory nervous system. Um, But what does red help you with? It has this sense of heat to it because um, the wavelength that it, you know, our body processes it at, it, It feels warm if, and a lot of times when people ask me, is this a warm color or is a cool color that has to do with the wavelength that our eyes are processing the color and how it moves into our sensory nervous system. Um, so things that, moving from that feeling of coldness into a feeling of heat. So the things that it does tend to help with is, um, bronchitis and colds, that sense of listlessness and, and inability to move from your space also helps with reproductive problems and um, paralysis. So think of it as emotional or physical paralysis. So anything that you're looking to stimulate, anything that feels too lethargic, whether your lungs aren't moving, um, it's also good for anemia. Your blood's not moving. Your blood's not rich enough. All of those things are good to be stimulated by red. You don't want to work with too much red. If you have high blood pressure, um, for all of those reasons, um, or, you know, heart condition or a strong history of anxiety. Red can just be too much and it can be too over stimulating. Uh, it can cause causes people to be over impulsive. Um, violent red was one of the first colors that they did those early color psychology um, experiments on in prisons. Um, they found that people in red spaces did tend to be their most violent tendencies were overexpressed in red areas. Um, so if you're bringing in red, you do want to kind of create a balance. So bringing in the orange and the blue to you know, blue we talked about last week about how it, how, it, how it soothes your nervous system and orange being that bridge between feeling and taking action and doing and, and taking action is very often what moves you, you know, moves energy through you and doesn't feel stuck and stagnant. So the last color that we're going to talk about today is lilac. So anything in that soft purpley pink kind of um, color tone is what we're going to refer to as lilac. Um, Mauve also falls sort of in this family. The color that we very often call mauve, especially in the United States is that color that we experienced in like early mid nineties that kind of took over (laughs) that kind of country theme. So a lot of times it brings up some connotation of, um, out of date. Um, but that's not really what mauve truly is. Mauve is more of a soft, pinky purple. It's not that kind of muddy grayed down pinky purple that we experienced. Um, So we're going to call it lilac um, just for, you know, because it's easier and it's prettier and it's spring and they're starting to come out of the ground. It's going to connect you to your, not your intuition as much as your faith and whatever it is that you believe in. So if your faith is grounded in your belief of what you're capable of, then yes, it's connecting it with that deeper sense of yourself. But if you're the word faith for you exists in a format that is larger than you, more of what you are trusting in, whether you call it God or spirit or the universe, whatever you identify with, um, in terms of what your definition of the word faith is, it has that ability to connect you with that. So think of it as the color that connects you with that which is larger than you. Um, And so it has an expansive quality to it, while it also has this softness, this gentleness of it. So um, think of the color, you know, those like amethyst crystals, which, you know, aren't the pure dark purple, but those soft, bright, you know, soft purples. Um, And again, it's so, you know, when I look back to those colors that I found, um, I found so much similarity between what my six and seven year old girls want to bring into their rooms and my divorced moms. You know, what they want to do when they're creating, there's a great parallel there. And if you look at what you're trying to, to recreate and reestablish in your sense of belief and where you are in the world, and and what your belief in yourself and and your connection to the, um, just your larger environment, you can see why. both drawn to those colors. And so I've created some beautiful bedrooms for moms as well as girls without, you know, putting this really strong, you know, just judiciously using this color and making sure that it feels good, that it's coming in in a way that intensifies this sense of faith and something more and, you know, moving outside of your limitations, which is one of the things that uh, this beautiful lilac color has the ability to do, giving you new insights into challenges Um, and but just a soft sense of freedom, a soft sense of finding the path forward. It's a great color for heartbreak. It's a great color for um, restoring that wholeness that you feel like you might be missing. But too much mauve can make you feel isolated, disconnected, um, disconnected to the, to physical reality. um, Make you feel lightheaded. It can make you feel too sentimental and confused about the present. So again, it's an important reason to use it um, sparingly and with a sense of purpose so those are our five colors for today i will be back next week with um, five more colors to wrap up the series i have had such wonderful questions uh, from you our our listeners that have just helped to solidify because for me going down this road, uh, my clients have worked with me one-on-one, experienced this relationship that I give to color and the meaning that I give to it in the spaces and how we move through spaces intentionally. And we aren't just picking, you know, wall colors or furniture colors or sofa colors. And we're not just arranging things in a way, but we're doing it in a way that makes them feel their best and function their best in their space so that they can start to understand what it is they want and need and need for them to do in their spaces. And when I found these, this beautiful, I've been a long time follower of Louise Hay. I and it's funny because if you look at her work and how she presented it to the world, it's so full of color and always knowing that colors do activate, you know, particular emotions within us, tying that all together. I'm learning and I'm just I'm very early in this journey of learning the work of Ina Segal, um, please, 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 if a lot of this is resonating with you, I highly recommend her book, The Secret Language of Your Body. Um, If you want some help diving into these very specific ways you can start to tie these colors together so you know nobody wants their house to look like a circus so we don't want to bring it in in a way that looks mismatched we want to create flow Um, so if you feel like you need some help doing that uh, please reach out to me you can ask questions in the forum it is free to everybody you can just pop them in there you can pop your questions I'll see them I see all the questions in the forum I answer those personally um, if you want to dive deeper and you feel like your home is missing some of these elements and you want to know how to um, to bring them in, you can head over to com slash color consultation and you can... Um, and we can work on a particular room. We can work on several rooms, building them together. Or if you feel like you want to move your whole house into a place that helps you to heal, um, then the monthly design portal is the place that you want to be. Because not only am I doing, do you get two consultations a month within the design portal? I'm also teaching much more deeply ingrained lessons that tie all of these things together. And very soon I'm gonna be bringing you people from the outside to um, teach individual classes within the portal that you can take advantage of just by being a member. So it's a super exciting place to be right now. It's growing quickly. Um, I think I have about eight spots open right now. After that, um, there'll be a wait list. You'll always have the opportunity to jump on the wait list and get in, but because I'm still doing two monthly consultations one-on-one to work through your spaces Uh, there is a limited number of people that i can house in the portal at this time so please ask me any questions i would love to dive deeper on this topic next week we have some more fun colors and then we will be integrating them all together we'll be talking about very specific design elements that can bridge the gaps. So we don't end up creating you know this this fun house, this circus of color. So if any of this was something that you feel like someone else in your life could benefit from, please please share um, this podcast that way we can grow, we can grow faster, we can grow together. So I appreciate you. Thank you so much for tuning in today. And I will see you next week. Take care. Thank you for joining me here today on the In Her Eyes podcast. If you heard something today that resonated or helped you move forward on your design vision, please head over to the platform You Get Your Podcasts and subscribe. And it would mean the world to me for you to leave me a rating and review the complete instructions for doing that are on the in her eyes podcast website that's inhereyespodcast.com forward slash review and while you're there be sure to grab my bedroom project planning workbook it's the step-by-step guide to designing a room on any budget that truly supports your needs your style, your habits, and you or your daughter will love coming home to, whether you're seven or 77. And it's my gift to you for tuning in. And if you have an idea for a podcast episode, something that you're struggling with, or something that you'd like to hear more about, please fill out the form on the bottom of the page. I personally read every single submission. If it's something that I feel confidently that I can speak to and help you with, I'll absolutely create something that will help you out. And if it's something that I feel like someone else can guide you better, I will guide you to that person, I promise. Have a beautiful day, my friend. Until next week.